Welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, Editor-in-Chief of EHS Daily Advisor. This week, I talked to Brian Taylor, Senior Director of Audiology at Signia, about occupational hearing safety. And now, on to the interview. I'm joined today by Brian Taylor, Senior Director of Audiology at Signia. Welcome, Brian. Thanks for having me on your show, Jay. Thanks for being here. Uh, and before we talk uh, about occupational hearing loss, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about yourself and Signia. Sure. Uh, I am an audiologist by training. Uh, that's a profession that works with people that have uh, hearing difficulties, uh, treatment, identification of hearing loss. I, I uh, work for a company uh, called Signia. Uh, Signia is one of the leading hearing aid manufacturers that make a range of uh, devices uh, that allow people to uh, lead better, more improved lives, people that have hearing loss. Excellent. Um, so let's talk about sort of the problem of, uh, of hearing loss in the workplace. How, how big of a problem is it, uh, you know, sort of uh, from a national viewpoint? Well, I think that uh, there's a significant number of people in the workplace that have to deal with relatively high levels of noise. Uh, it's hard to put an exact percent on it, uh, but I think it's safe to say that uh, 10 or 20% of adults who are in the workforce are having to uh, deal in some capacity uh, with noise, uh, and its uh, negative consequences. Uh, and which industries have the most risk of hearing loss? Well, I think that as far as industries are concerned, I would say it's probably factory workers, farm workers, uh, people that are around a lot of machinery, airport ground crews, uh, construction workers, uh, Sometimes we forget, but things, uh, uh, occupations like nightclub workers, mm. bartenders, bouncers, musicians. Uh, I think even this may even sound, some people may not realize it, but uh, teachers, especially teachers that work with uh, uh, elementary and pre-K uh, students, those are awfully very noisy places. So, uh, and, and uh, and we don't think of a teacher as somebody who uh, is exposed to a lot of noise, uh, but uh, there's data out there that would suggest otherwise. Elementary school teachers are among the most at risk for noise-induced hearing loss. No kidding. I mean, I, I know two kids in a room can be pretty loud, so I can only imagine what 30 kids could be like. <laughs> exactly. The acoustics aren't very good. Uh, there's a lot of sound bouncing around those rooms uh, with those kids. Um, what are the long-term effects of hearing loss? <clears throat> well, the long-term effect, uh, long, long effects of hearing loss, and, and, and keep in mind that uh, noise-induced hearing loss and age-related hearing loss often kind of go together, and as a person ages and as they're exposed to noise over time, hearing loss gradually uh, worsens. But uh, as far as effects are concerned, I would say that the biggest one is just uh, inability uh, to communicate with uh, that things that you care about, uh, family, friends, uh, watching TV, listening to music, socializing. 
And then, of course, beyond communication, we know that um, when people uh, have trouble hearing, they tend to become more isolated. Mm -hmm. uh, and when people become more isolated, they tend to become lonely, uh, sometimes depressed. Uh, and that often can lead to even more serious consequences like cognitive decline. Yeah, I, I know the government uh, recently made some, uh, some, took some steps to make hearing aids a little more affordable because obviously, uh, you know, they're, they're pretty expensive, as you know, and, and uh, they're pretty important if you're, you know, if you're an elderly person who, you know, struggling with, with being able to hear. Yeah, no doubt about that. I think yeah, I, I have a comment about the affordability. I would say that what sometimes is not uh, published, the way you don't read in the press about hearing aids and affordability, usually when they talk about hearing aids and affordability in the, in the press, they often talk about uh, the highest price points. Yeah. And I think it's important to, it's, it's important to note that hearing aids come in a variety of price points. Uh, and when you see it, uh, in newspaper articles and so in magazine articles and on the news is usually they're quoting the most expensive. So I want listeners to know that there is a range of prices, a range of options. And uh, I think what you're alluding to, Jay, is uh, about six months ago in the fall of 2022, the FDA uh, began regulating uh, this new category of hearing aids called over-the-counter, mm -hmm. which from a consumer perspective uh, is good because it allows for more choice. Um, and and I, I guess, uh, what's your take on sort of people that are kind of in denial that they have hearing loss? Because I think, you know, you mentioned all these, you know, this sort of wide range of, of occupations where you can ha suffer hearing loss. Uh, are there a lot of people who kind of, you know, don't get checked out because they just want to either they're worried about what they're going to find out or they just don't think they have a problem? Yeah, that's a huge problem. I think that uh, the numbers vary a little bit. There's several studies out there because they, the methods and how they collect the data is a little different. But somewhere between uh, 60 and 80 percent of the people that need hearing aids don't wear them and wow. that 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 high number uh, many believe is driven by access and affordability and that's what necessitated this new FDA regulation and new category of hearing aids called over-the-counter I would argue I mean I think those are definitely part those are components as access and affordability but I think an even larger component that drives this low uptake of hearing aids for those that need it need them is apathy. A lot of people just don't think hearing is a priority. Uh, they think it's normal for their age, that they just sort of deal with it. And I think as a profession, as an industry, we have work to do to try to reverse the apathy around hearing loss. Uh, and what can workplaces do to improve hearing safety? Because, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, you know, sort of employees, but what can like an employer do to, to make that, uh, you know, a safer place for, you know, for hearing? Well, I think that if you take, for an example, a factory or a farm where there's a lot of machinery, I think it's important that you, uh, that uh, workers have access to easy to use and effective hearing protection devices. That's number one. Uh, number two, try, number two, try to uh, acoustically uh, treat 
the machinery or the room to try to soften or baffle the noise, you know, engineering uh, uh, mechanisms that help lower the overall intensity of the noise, uh, make hearing testing available uh, so that people can monitor their hearing over time. Uh, those are some of the more important things uh, in a factory. And I think in a school, in a classroom situation, it's more about acoustically treating the room and kind of making people aware that it's louder than you think and uh, you should uh, try to try to avoid the loudest parts of the room and uh, wear hearing protection if you need to and uh, uh, you know get your hearing tested periodically. Are businesses taking hearing safety more seriously now than they used to or is it still you know is there still that education that needs to happen for even for you know the employer side of things? Yeah, I think that in these places that have that are that are known to have high levels of noise, I think that OSHA regulates uh, the intensity level, and I think they're, those kind of places, like factories, are uh, well versed in what they need to do to protect their workers. I think where it kind of flies under the radar are like I mentioned, uh, construction sites, uh, nightclubs, classrooms. Uh, because we don't always think of those places as being super noisy and loud. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, take for example a school, they don't realize that they could be putting some of their uh, teachers and other staff at risk for hearing loss because the noise levels tend to be a little bit high. And I mean, they're also, you know, even setting aside uh, a loud workplace, you've got a lot of workers who spend most of the day with headphones on listening to music or something else at, you know, fairly high volume. So that that's another issue, correct? Oh, no doubt about it. I'm glad that you mentioned that, Jay. I think that you could argue that the leading contributor to noise-induced hearing loss today, especially around younger adults, is listening to music while you're commuting, uh, while you're at home, while you're taking a walk. Uh, stereo earbuds today uh, tend to be quite loud. Uh, we forget that the closer the source of the sound is to the eardrum, the louder it is. And you know, we put earbuds pretty deeply into our ear canals. And because we do that, that tends to raise the intensity level uh, to some quite to a dangerously high level and something that everybody needs to be aware of. And again, you know, especially if you're in your 20s or something, you're, you're not thinking about that as as a problem. You're just thinking, oh, my, my ears are ringing because I went to that concert last night. Um, exactly. It'll go away and I'll be fine. But uh, exactly. down the road, I could come back to haunt you. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. It catches up with you over time. You go to a few concerts and you can start to not only get tinnitus ear ringing in your ears, but uh, that's a way to start gradually losing your hearing at a faster at a faster rate. Um, and is that, is it just sort of uh, education that really needs to happen to kind of get that message through? I mean, obviously, you know, when you're young, you do plenty of stupid things, but uh, is it is it just matter, a matter of kind of you know hammering the point home to to younger people to, to take care of their hearing? Yeah, I, th I mean, I think I think education is a huge component, making people aware of the damaging effects. I also think there's an empowerment element where people have to know that 
they have some control over the situation. They can measure the noise levels with the sound level meter in their on their phone and to know that at a certain level it's dangerous and they need to back down on the number of minutes or hours they're there, uh, that they, they need to be empowered to uh, wear hearing protection that, that's readily available and uh, easy to use and uh, there's no stigma attached to having earplugs in your ears when you're at a concert. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think it's a combination of education and empowerment. Um, getting back to the workplace, why isn't hearing safety a core aspect of workplace safety measures? Well, maybe some of it is just priority. I mean, as, a, as I mentioned before, there's a lot of apathy around hearing and hearing loss in general. And I think maybe it's just not as a high priority as other uh, medical conditions. You know, people tend to screen a lot more for um, blood sugar levels and cholesterol than they do for hearing. And uh, as a society, because maybe we don't prioritize it as much as we ought to, uh, workplaces are kind of the same way, you know, they don't maybe treat it as a, much of a priority as they should. What are some ways for employees to properly protect themselves, you know, from from loudness on the job? Obviously, I mean, obviously hearing protection, but what are, you know, are there some other ways to kind of... Uh, well, I think yeah. the number one thing is hearing protection. The other is just to try to, it's not, a, it's not always easy to do, but try to avoid uh, the noisiest places on the floor that uh, get in the way of communication. Um, try to avoid those places, try to minimize the number of time, the amount of time. There's a direct relationship between the time spent and the intensity level. Uh, if, you're, if, if the intensity level is 85 dB, OSHA mandates that uh, a person is in that environment eight hours or less. Uh, if the overall average noise level is 90, that time is uh, cut in half to less than four hours. So there's a time element that we need to be aware of, as well as the intensity level of the noise. Uh, can employers help with that in terms of, you know, maybe if they know that, you know, the worker is going to be in a, a really loud area, maybe limiting the, the time spent there and, you know, moving them around a bit? Yeah, I think so. I think that... Um, there's some guidance that comes from the OSHA regulations that they can follow. Um, I just think they have to be aware that certain areas are dangerously loud, just like there's other dangers in a lot of occupations, uh, you know, danger, safety dangers. There's hearing is an issue that's, you know, you want to protect people from bodily harm. And one aspect of bodily harm is, hearing loss. So you want to minimize any exposure to that whenever possible. Um, and, and obviously, you know, visiting a, a hearing care professional can help, you know, sort of uh, prevent hearing loss. But do people do that enough? Like, unless you, you know, really have a problem, you know, do a lot of people just sort of proactively go get their hearing checked? No, I mean, as I said before, I think there's a lot of apathy and indifference around hearing. We don't take it, we kind of take it for granted. Um, you know, a good rule of thumb is uh, if, if you're a healthy individual and uh, you're in your 50s, that's a good time uh, to start getting periodic, uh, uh, at least a baseline hearing test when you're in your 50s, if you're healthy and you don't have any problems with, with your hearing. Now, if you're exposed to a lot of noise, if uh, 
you're noticing that maybe you're not hearing as well as you once did or somebody's t in your family or your friends are saying hey you know i'm asking you to, i'm having to repeat a lot mm -hmm. or you have ringing in your ears uh, there's some change in your hearing no matter what your age is you should have a baseline or a, a, get, a, get a good hearing assessment done but as a general rule healthy individuals that maybe aren't around a lot of noise uh, get your hearing checked periodically when you get into your 50s uh, and, you know, sort of getting back to the sort of personal headphone situation, are you concerned that there's going to be a whole generation of people that are going to have hearing loss just because we're on headphones pretty much all the time now, especially working from home? Uh, yes, I think we're already starting to see data that would support that. Uh, people in their 20s and 30s and even younger, unfortunately, are starting to show uh, what we call noise-induced hearing loss. Uh, on the audiogram, the way that we measure somebody's hearing looks at frequencies. Mm -hmm. uh, we get what's called a 4,000 hertz uh, noise notch, and we're starting to see evidence that people, that uh, young people, uh, and I'll use the cutoff of 35 and younger, are starting to get this uh, noise-induced notch on their audiogram. Uh, people that don't have uh, occupations that put them in harmful amounts of noise, but maybe use earbuds uh, several hours a day. So something to definitely something to pay attention to. Hopefully, uh, I imagine folks like you are, uh, are are doing their best to get the word out. Yeah, you know, I think that um, it's important to remember that the cochlea, the inner ear, doesn't recognize the difference between workplace noise that is annoying and uh, doesn't sound very good, doesn't know the difference or recognize the difference between that and your favorite rock band or hip hop artist that you're blasting at 95 dB. It causes the same amount and the same type of damage regardless of uh, the type of sound it is. Well, Brian, thank you for, for joining me today and yeah, definitely a, uh, a serious problem and hopefully we can uh, make some headway. My pleasure, Jay. Thanks for uh, having me on your broadcast. All right. That wraps up episode 156 of EHS on Tap. You can find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at ehsdailyadvisor.blr.com. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I hope you join me next time.